0: What up, PTC family? Uh, this is episode forty-eight of the PTC cast. Forty-eight strong. That's, That's amazing, it. man. I remember. Here we are. Like we we've come a such a long way. Yeah. From you know the audio, uh, audio the visual. Yeah. Um, Thumbnail just everything, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. This this has been great. But um, in this episode, we kind of you know just talk. BSed in the first you know couple minutes and then after that uh we got into a very important topic of um i guess men's vulnerability when it comes to you know actually needing help sometimes and mm-hmm. you know we cover uh, why you know it's okay to go and get help and the fact that it actually takes you know uh, a stronger man to actually go get help um it's a you if you get to the point where you know you accept that you need help, like you know you're, you've developed as a man, um, and then after that we answer uh, one question. So you know, go ahead and check that out. And uh, this episode is brought to you by ProgressThroughChange.com, where yes, you can get your four easy habits for fat oh, loss. Damn, there's four. Oh man! Oh um, man! And just very quickly, you know th- those four habits made it to where you know it was pretty easy obviously like i took it very dramatically but you know it was pretty easy for me to lose um over 100 pounds and uh you know if you're if you're sticking with these daily habits even on like the lowest basis there's no way that you you know won't lose um weight or you know fat Mm -hmm. it's it's very easy very uh simple um you can scale it you know how you want to scale you can do what you want to do um, with it and it's free you know it's a free pdf guide uh, you can check it out at progress through forward slash fat loss or you can just go to progress and you know a pop-up will pop up and you know go ahead and click on that download it it's like what five minute read if even that yeah you can knock it out pretty yeah quick. if even that um it's it's definitely worth it just getting clarity on you know what you need to do to lose that fat uh really helps instead of being bombarded with like 50 different solutions right no just these four simple things will make it easy for you to lose uh, the fat so yep hope you enjoy
1: enjoy the show so let's preface this episode with i was a little sicky sick a few days ago so i'm at the tail end of that it's allergy season baby so i might sound like uh, i don't want to make an offensive joke but <laughs> whatever come, whatever i sound like to you is not what i mean to sound like imagine imagine my normal voice right so that, that's where we're at on this fine saturday morning
0: man. your voice sounds normal
1: how's your week going buddy
0: uh, it's, it's going really good man um when it comes to the allergies i was having yeah. horrible allergies too and i would do like you know the pill at night um and then the nasal thing oh that you know voice. what i found yeah. out What's up? No, not not the rinse. It's like a nasal spray. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, You know what I found out? So with the nasal spray, you're not supposed to like push it and then go, you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to snort it. You just push it and... Well, you're supposed to like coat the inside of your nose with it. So like if you can taste it in the back of your throat, you're doing it wrong.
1: So then you're like, because then you're like swallowing it, right? You <laughs> taste in the back of your throat. Yeah, and that's what I
0: was doing for like years, bro. <laughs> Jeez, and I was like, man.
1: why does nothing work? Yeah,
0: I'm just sitting here, just dying of sneezing and coughing, runny nose. But as soon as I did that, bro, literally the next day, yep. allergies gone. Yeah. So I've been able to, uh, not or I've been able to actually enjoy walking outside and being outside and you
1: know not dying. Well, it, it really like it really tells me how human I am that I get so knocked on my butt when I don't have nasal strips at the ready to like open oh. up my sinuses, man. Cause like, I don't know we've been out for a couple days and I just haven't stopped at Kroger to get any and every 30 seconds I'm like man I wish I had a nasal strip because <laughs> so, I'm like yeah,
0: I remember just, I remember when you put me onto the nasal strips like those game changers were bro yeah
1: game changers I, I was mean, able to
0: get like so much air in my nose it's that it, it, yeah it got to a point where it was actually uncomfortable mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah you well it sounds a little gross and we're probably gonna lose a couple listeners here but whenever like I, I freshly put one on and you can feel like the nasal cavity open up as soon as air goes through there man it almost feels like it's been like raw if that makes yes, sense. You know what that, I mean? That's yeah. the feeling like that it, I'm talking like about. Like you can yeah. tell that like that's been like closed up or like held yeah. shut before, you know. But uh yeah nasal strips are the best like 10 bucks you'll ever spend for I don't know. I think you get like 30 bu- 30 of them for like 10 bucks or something. Yeah. But um yeah man I mean I, I even wear them when I'm training um around this time of year mm. just because as soon as you're, as soon as your nostrils open up you can breathe a little bit better. Everything else is better. Mm -hmm. So whether it's sleep, whether it's movement, whether it's training. So yeah.
0: Yeah. It made a huge impact on me whenever I was sleeping with them. Um, Mm -hmm. I kind of just, you know, forgot, you know, about using them after a while, but it definitely did help with sleep.
1: I don't know anything about the uh, structure of the nasal cavity or anything like that. But what I will (laughs) say is I know when most people lay on their back, if they have allergies or they're already stuffed up, up. yeah. Then they can't breathe at all. And I know one hundred percent for a fact with nasal strips that that changes it for me yeah. for sure, man. Yeah, yeah for it does. Sure. Yeah. So, but yeah. Anyways, that's uh that's where we're at today on this uh this fine Saturday. That's Monday. segment number one. Yeah, <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah. That's uh that's my first complaint. What do I got next?
0: Um. I don't know. Uh, what about what about what we were talking about? You know, before the podcast, you know, the fact that there's uh I feel like there's a problem out there with you know men not being able to uh or men not feeling like they're able to I guess talk about their problems and you know things like that and the the reason why I guess I say this is because I remember before I actually felt the depression and the hopelessness and all of that. Sure. Um, I, would, I wouldn't I would make fun of people who were going through it, but I was like, you know, get the fuck over yourself. Like, you know, man up. Like, right. this ain't, like, get over yourself. Go right. do what you got to do. Just kind of a deal with it. Mentality. Yeah, deal with it mentality. But and then after, you know, I experienced it, it was like, okay, well, you know, this, this stuff is actually real. And if it gets, you know, bad enough, then it is... Uh, debilitating and hard to you know do the normal day in and day out things but right i feel like the problem is that men feel or at least from what i've experienced and then from what uh some of my friends have you know talked to me Mm -hmm. about whenever they're going through something uh they feel like they are maybe obligated to deal with it on their own you know until yeah. it gets to a certain point where either you know they do something stupid or they actually I'll say get over themselves and actually reach out for help yeah uh i know you you said that you know maybe people don't or maybe you know some men if they don't want to reach out for help it's because they don't feel comfortable with you know their feelings and um they don't feel comfortable with reaching out with or to somebody because they're not maybe understanding that, Hey, you know, it is okay to feel what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's, that's what I experienced. You know, um, I waited until like, you know, three and a half months of dealing with that every single day until I realized, like you said, you know, I'm getting in my own way. Yeah. You know, like I'm, I can go get help. There's clear paths to get help. Whether it's simply talking to somebody or, you know, actually going to a medical professional to, you know, maybe get advice or, you know, maybe even get a prescription or something like that to um, help yourself with what's broken. And, you know, it took me three and a half months to actually get over myself and say, okay, I guess. Maybe I can't deal with it myself. And yeah. even when that did happen, um, I didn't tell the full truth to whoever I was telling. You know, yeah. I felt I, I hid what was happening, you know, under a facade. Right. And um, eventually I was able to get, you know, the help that I needed. And for me, it really helped just talking to people. Um, but for the people who or for the people who I guess are going through something and they feel like they can't talk to somebody um what what do you think about like what they should do and how to get over or get through not get over get through um you know whatever they're going through
1: yeah well i'm i'm glad you um number one i'm glad you brought this up right cuz <clears throat> it's that it's that time of year man that seasonal yeah. depression is not far around the corner you know we have um we have less sunshine which usually means less movement, which might mean, you know, less time outside, which Mm -hmm. might mean, you know, uh, a little bit more feelings of, you know, whatever sadness, loneliness, and that can lead into some of that seasonal depression. Uh, and that's definitely something that, that I know I deal with for sure. It's almost like every year I find myself with a little bit of a little bit of a gray cloud over my head, you know, Mm. around whatever, November, December, January. And then, then we kind of usually start to crank back up in the spring. But so anyways, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, but, um, no, to your point, like, I don't know, man. I th- I think for me, one of the big reasons that I finally decided to to reach out to someone for help um, a long time ago was because I was finally at a point where I was comfortable enough with myself to to admit that I needed that help. Yeah. Kind of similar to what you had said. And I think that's sort of a big step for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of guys specifically is like dropping the facade of, needing to know all or needing to have all the answers or needing to be able to do it yourself. It's kind of that, like, machismo, chest puffed up, like, okay, I have to be the one to do it or to figure it out. And, you know, I I would be lying if I said I wasn't still stubborn in that way with some things. Sometimes I'm I'm definitely still hesitant to, you know, ask for assistance here or there. But, you know, in in scenarios like that where you really need the help or, you know, it's, it's something that you need to to reach out and ask someone for it. I definitely think it's it's something you should do. But I think the first step is just acknowledging and accepting that like you're not perfect and you can drop whatever <clears throat> whatever perception you think others have of you, right? So I know mm-hmm. for me it was like well, if, Mm. if I tell, you know, a friend that I'm struggling with this, they might think this of me or they might view me this way, you know, maybe, maybe they won't view me as like the tough guy anymore. Maybe they won't view me as like the guy who's got it all figured out anymore. Maybe I won't be the dude to them anymore. If Mm. I admit this, you know, and I say admit as if it's a bad thing, but if, if I say that I'm struggling with this thing or I need help with this thing. So I know for me personally, um, and I'm definitely not qualified to like give advice on the subject, right? But I know for me personally, the the biggest thing was the the immediate admittance of like I need help, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, for me, it was there's nothing wrong with speaking with a friend or anything, but for me, an extra layer to that, like, uh, or something that helped me with that rather was going to a medical professional mm. because that's their job. Yeah, that's like they're they're a neutral bias party. You don't need to like one of the first things the the, I'll call him Paul but the the doctor that I saw um, one of the first things that we ever went over man was like if you ever see me in public I won't say what's up because I don't technically know you yeah and you know it just as a, a form of like respecting your privacy you know so it, it's one of those things where it's like even if you aren't at that point where you're able to to admit that you need the help I mean if you go see a medical professional it's it's totally private man like it's you get to work on it by yourself with that person. And you know, who knows, maybe if it's something that needs to be addressed with someone else in your life, maybe you work that way eventually. But point being, like, I I found that to be the lowest barrier of entry. Um, Now, obviously, like financially, you might have to figure it out. But I I know that there um, don't quote me on this, but I know that there's a lot of different schools and universities and programs that offer like very heavily discounted rates yeah. to work with like their students or like people who are coming up. So maybe it's not someone who, you know, is at, you know, has had twenty years of experience or anything like that, but it's a start, right? Yeah. So I, I definitely think searching for a medical professional might be a great start for most people.
0: Yeah, that was definitely um a big start for me after the, you know, admittance that, mm-hmm. you know, I do need help because of that idea of being judged by whoever it is that i was going to you know like um i I tell a lot of people this uh my mom is you know the most important person in my life and you know i was thinking well she has this you know certain idea of me yeah Um, what if i go to her and you know i tell her about what i'm going through Right. You know, in, in my head, that would degrade, you know, who I am in right. her perception. Right. And suddenly so you know, suddenly
1: you feel like you're not on this platform anymore.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, that's just false. Right. You know, like it's it's not true. Um but it may feel true. Uh, and you know, I'm saying all of this, but I, I still would struggle to, you know, say, admit something to, you know, my mom because of that. So that's something that I'm working on. Yeah. Um, And it's not just with my mom. It's, you know, with everybody. Yeah.
1: Uh, I think it's, it's forever something that is going to be uncomfortable or needed to be worked on, you know, because I think, you know, call it whatever you want, like culturally, socially, I think it's very like ingrained in us, especially kind of in our fitness space to have the Alpha. I have it figured yeah. out. I don't need anything. I have my chest puffed up. I'm dominant, mm-hmm. you know, approach. Right. Everybody's got to be Jocko up at 4 a.m. fucking getting after yeah. it every single day, you know. And at, at one point I was that guy. Right. Like when I was whatever, 18, 19, it was like either go hard or literally go home. Yeah. Either either you're here every single day going hard. You're the man. You have it figured out or you shouldn't be here. You mm-hmm. know, so I think it's um, it, it takes some growth with yourself to be able to to do that.
0: Yeah, and that's what it felt like. It really felt like growth. It didn't feel like I was uh surrendering, you know, mm. myself to um something. Like it felt like, okay, I learned this about myself, you know, I'm going through this. I learned that it's okay to feel the things that I'm feeling yeah. and to experience the things that I'm feeling and a solution to what I'm feeling and experiencing is to actually go get some help right Um, so it was it was a uh, relieving realization because it took away a lot of the I guess negative um, ideas of actually you know going to get help that we've been talking about right and you know again going back to seeking you know medical help like that was the first step, you know, a third, a third party that you don't know, you know, they don't know you and they're a professional and, mm-hmm. you know, everything is private, like you said. So, you know, what, what do you have to lose at that point? Yeah. You know, this is some it's worth a try. random person and their job is to help you. Um, it's, it was definitely worth, you know, just reaching out. Yeah. Um, so...
1: Well, and it's interesting that you said it didn't feel like you surrendered, but yeah. kind of the, the way I've, I kind of perceived it in my brain was, it was almost like letting go of the idea that, you know, you have to have it all figured out the admittance, yeah. right? Like to me, it was almost like that letting go is what let me move forward. Yes. And I, I feel like that's, um, that's usually perceived as letting go will be a step backwards, mm-hmm. right? Letting go will be, I've lost control. I don't have it under my belt. Yeah. I'm not in the driver's seat. But I feel like letting go of the idea that you should have all of those things is what lets you move forward, right? It's how you, it's that first step of like, control, getting that fucking weight off your shoulders, you know? Like, and I, I know for me personally, I don't know about you, but, um, as soon as I was there, man, it's like that weight is just like, I feel my shoulders come from up here to down here. Yeah you know you feel it all kind of
0: and it's crazy down. like that can be a simple five minute uh-huh. conversation yeah for all of that to just dissipate yeah. or not all of it but like a large portion of it to where you're actually able to manage it right um obviously depending on you know how severe it is but of course you know one thing that i've been thinking about also so, I, I just started re uh, watching Vikings. <laughs> I love that show, man. <laughs> I was
1: watching your Instagram story yesterday, and you were like, everyone who knows me knows that I love TV shows. That's why I don't watch them. Yeah. Except man. right now, yeah. I'm watching Vikings. She's <laughs> so like, I don't watch them except right now. <laughs> like, yeah,
0: man. Um, but this, this will all tie in. So, yeah. you know, in Vikings, it's about, you know, Northmen and uh, their lifestyle and uh also, you know, some history with, you know, England and... Is it like historically invading. accurate at all or um, or
1: is it based off any stories or it, anything?
0: It is to an extent. Okay. Like, you know, all the characters, okay. you know, maybe not all of them are real. Sure. But Ragnar Lothbrok <laughs> was uh, real. Okay. Um, but I was, after thinking about, you know, this idea of men, you know, being able to go to somebody for help, you know, I was I was watching this show... And, you know, these are obviously all manly men. Right. You know? Uh, The
1: typical idea of masculinity. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, just long beards, long hair, just the primordial idea of masculinity. Right. (laughs) Right. And when I was watching it and, you know, this idea of not being able to go to somebody was in my head, you know, you look at this show or, or you think about like back in the day and, you know, these other manly men were surrounded by other manly men right. you know a group or groups of them um but and then you look at now and like i don't know about you but i don't i'm not really a, i don't have a brotherhood you know yeah. with manly men that i'm around on a regular basis yeah and i think that there's something to having, you know, a man to man conversation about what's actually going on in your life. Yeah. Um instead of, you know, a man to woman or a man to professional. Um just a man to man conversation. And, you know, we don't we don't have that. And yeah. you know, I, I think about the most healing times for me, uh when, you know, I was going through what I was going through and, you know, the people that I talked to uh, that are going through something mm-hmm. um, some of the most healing times is when they're talking to other men about what they're going through right you know like when i would talk to you about what i was going through yeah. or when i would talk to you know some of the powerlifting friends about what i was going through or going through <clears throat> like there is there is like another level of um i don't even know what to call it man camaraderie maybe like obviously you know it built that bond more but just another level of healing you, you is know it, just is it
1: maybe the um <clears throat> is it maybe the that you would view that person kind of in the same same playing field as yourself like that you know because maybe if you're working with a professional you look at them as someone who is a professional so not not above you in a value sense but above you and like there's an authority figure sense
0: almost like in a detached sense like you know who are they who's the medical professional you know they're they're like nobody to you um but you know me talking to you or you know one of my powerlifting friends or another um man like it it felt like there's some maybe the word i'm looking for is like some type of relation there um and it was always better than you know going to uh, you know, a professional or yeah. um, a family member um, yeah. or, you know, something like that. And I don't know what, I just figured I'd bring that up because, like, I think about, or, you know, as I was watching Vikings, like, you know, they're going through hardships, but they right. all have each other. Right. You know, they all have um, other, like, a group of other men who are going through shit. Yeah. Uh, and... I don't know, like maybe there's something to that. It's just a thought that crossed my mind.
1: Well, I feel like I feel like we are currently more connected and disconnected than we have ever yeah. been. Yeah. So it's like, you know, how many people do you talk to a day, but how many people do you have a conversation with a day? Yeah. You know, how many people do point. you see on Instagram a day, but how many people do you, do you see a day? if that makes sense you know? it does yeah and a lot of us now maybe we work from home maybe we're you know we sit in a cubicle from nine to five and the only time we're talking to the guy next to us is to ask him about work or something like yeah. I think I think just the way our culture and society has moved it's like we're more naturally just kind of like on our own if that makes sense definitely so you know I think I think that and maybe we're a little less reliant on each other than we used to be mm-hmm. you know um, and so I think that that could be you know, looking for that brotherhood was the the word you used, but you know, I think it's it's just looking for that um, maybe community feel.
0: <clears throat> mm, okay. You know,
1: I think it's just we're we're naturally like with the way the world is right now. I don't think we're as as linked together with each other. You know, whether that's yeah. like you know, you go out to dinner, and I know this is an easy pick, right? But you yeah. go out to dinner, and how many people are looking at their phones and not having a conversation or not you know interacting or. <clears throat> how many kids are pacified with iPads and you know what I mean? I -hmm. I think it's kind of a, I think it's a layer of, of that. Um, at least for me personally, when I felt that way, it's like, it's, I communicate with so many people every day. Um, and you know, at work, it's one thing because all of those are relationships that I get to, to build with a set amount of time every week. But it's like the, the outside ones, whether it's people in passing at the gym or it's, um, you know, text back and forth with friends or sometimes even like conversation with Brianna, like I'll let be in one ear or out the other because I'm distracted with something else, you know? Yeah. And so I think it's, it's a layer of like where we are with social media connection and, and how we are all together, but we're apart at the same time. So I know for me personally, it, it's almost like a layer of that. Yeah. If that makes sense.
0: No, that's a really good way of putting it. Uh, I really like the idea of, you know, being connected but not connected. Because mm-hmm. that's that's definitely what it feels like, you know. Like right now, I talk to, you know, a lot of people on a daily basis. But I don't really have like an actual conversation right. with and a lot of people on right. a daily basis. And
1: I, don't, and I don't know if we're meant to have like, you know, everybody has like 2,000 Facebook friends or whatever. But I don't even know if we're... Like if if our brains are able to handle that many, like relationships and information mm-hmm. and yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, I mean, how many like, how many personal relationships can we have until we have so many that they all start to dissipate in quality? Right? Yeah, not even because there's relationships, only right because so. there's only like so much time. So all I'm saying is you can only realistically have so many relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Or so many like real conversations and relationships with people. So I don't know that that could be part of it as well. But yeah, to, to, your, to to, kind of wrap that all up back to, to mental health, man, like I think, I think a big thing is just being able to find someone that you can have a conversation with. So yeah. being able to admit that you need that and then, you know, maybe a medical professional isn't the way you want to go. Then you find someone who you do feel like you can confide in. Yeah. So whether it's a, you know, a training partner, a friend, a mentor, a, a brother, um, a sister, a parent, I mean, wh- whoever, you know
0: actually have somebody that you can talk to.
1: Yeah. 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 A hundred percent, man. You want to, uh, you want to answer a question? Let's do it. Let's do it.
0: Yeah. So, um, I have a, a powerlifting client. His name is Jay Biggs and he's about to go to, um, New York city for a couple of weeks. And his question is, um, you know, he, uh, I'm about to go to New York city. Um, and I don't want to lose my progress when it comes to training. How does it, or how long does it usually take for me to start losing,
1: you know, my gains in the gym? Um, I think that's definitely going to be person dependent. um, Yeah. Everywhere from genetics to also like lifestyle dependent. So Mm -hmm. are you someone who's, you know, still eating enough protein and sleeping eight hours a night? Or are you someone whose diet went to Mm. shit and is sleeping four hours a night? Um, as far as like, you know, being worried about losing your progress, I will say like, usually when people travel, I just encourage them to do the best they can. Mm. And I know that sounds like maybe an easy cop out. But my thing is like, okay, you're going somewhere that's out of your usual routine. And we're We can build some small routines while we're there and do some little things to be sure, you know, we're in line, whether that's, you know, we walk first thing every morning, let's go to the grocery store first thing so we can, you know, at least have lunches ready or something like that, et cetera, et cetera. So there's all these like little things you can do to, to tap in and tap out, or excuse me, to, to, to add, to, to add to what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, so it's not like you're going to be perfect, but are there little steps you can take for sure? So usually like some simple things to me would be, like I said, you know, build a a walking routine in the mornings. So it's like, Hey, you're up first thing. Let's go walk for 15 minutes. Wherever you're, if you're in New York, great. Go up and down the block go check something out. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Maybe you can find a treadmill in the apartment complex whatever. Um, I also think, yes, let's go to the grocery store. Let's be sure we can at least, you know, have some snacks ready. I would encourage you to pack some protein powder just when you travel with TSA, just write not cocaine on it. (laughs) Um, That way you're good. But um, I I would encourage that as well. But it's also one of those things, man, where, again, you're going to be out of routine. You can build some small routines, but you're not going to be perfect and accept that, you know, we're always going to kind of move in these waves. It's not like you're going to take like 15 steps back. You know what I Mm. mean? As long as you're doing the little things that you can, you know, if you're going to be there for a few weeks, maybe you could try to find a gym that'll give you a month pass, and then you try to go. You know, let's say you usually lift five days a week, maybe you just try to go three days a week, and maybe yeah. you just kind of simplify and pick your big meat and potatoes exercises. Okay. Like, I think I think the big thing is just I, I've said this before, but people tend to look at fitness as like an on-off switch, right? Yeah. It's a dial, man. Zero to ten, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say you're usually whatever eight, nine, ten you're going on vacation instead of being all the way to fucking zero, we can go three, four, five, Yeah, you know, we can go six, seven, we can, we can kind of play with it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you don't need to, I I am guilty of throwing out the baby with the bathwater. You know what I mean? Like, it, like if I, you the never, better, never heard that you know? phrase before. Okay. You never heard that phrase. So no. it's like, if I'm going to be out of town and traveling and you know, I can't train the one I, the way I want to eat and I can't eat my meals, I'm just not going to do anything. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. that, it's that all or nothing Same mentality. Man, yeah. Right. Exactly. And, and that's, that's kind of like the, the big pitfall of people who might be perfectionists or people who like to train hard and everything. It's like, if I can't do it the way I want to, I'm not going to do it at all. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you if you hold yourself to that expectation while you're outside of your environment in my opinion you're setting yourself up for failure you gonna fall apart yeah, yeah man it's like look i'm i don't know if you travel often or not if it's for work if it's not whatever but like try to enjoy it for what it is and you know there there's uh, what i like to do as well is i like to make like some mini micro like goals within there as well mm. so you know when i was recovering from hernia surgery and i, I couldn't do much It's like, okay, well, I can do calf raises and I can do the little forearm grippy thing. So I was literally, I I literally built like a training routine around that. And I know that sounds silly, but it was like, okay, look, it's 15 minutes a day for me to maintain my sanity and do something halfway productive while Mm. I'm recovering. So like, let me just do this. Mm. So, you know, obviously some people go vacation and they want to be like super vacation mode and not do shit. And more power to you, but just be ready to have to work a little bit harder when you get back. You know, I will say like, muscle memory is a real thing. Um, so, you know, if you are, if it is a significant amount of time and you lose a little bit of tissue, you'll be able to build it back uh, yeah. in most scenarios. Um, yeah, man. I mean, that's, that's really everything that comes to mind on the topic. What do you got?
0: Dude, you covered everything.
1: <laughs> I well, I think about this a lot to be honest, man, because I don't know. I'm, I, I am just very like, I just love this for what it is. So, I I have always tried to do it at varying levels of scale, Mm. right? Whether it's like it's all I'm focused on and I'm doing it, you know, I'm training, I'm literally training myself 20 hours a week with whatever, a bodybuilding show or something, or if I'm, you know, going hardcore on work and I'm working out two hours a week. Like, I always, I, I just love. I love moving things to scale because it gives you an opportunity to try different things and to see, you know, what can I do to progress? What mm-hmm. where is my opportunity for growth in this current scenario? Got if you. that makes sense. So, yeah. I I've thought about it a lot. Yeah. I I can I can tell. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think yeah, I agree with everything you said and one of the things that um I like the most is, you know, kind of the idea of just trying to maintain mm-hmm. um, you know, what what you have like yeah. Or trying to maintain what you can maintain. Yeah. Like after your her- her- uh, hernia surgery, yeah. you know, you're just trying to maintain, even if it's just the idea of yeah. training, like obviously that's not going to maintain the size of your legs or your biceps sure. or, you know, yeah, any of sure. that, but it will maintain, you know, the idea of, you know, putting in work yeah. and, um, I, I like that.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent, man. So that's, that's kind of where I lie on that one. So we can uh, we can wrap it up there let's do it thank you all for listening we'll catch you in the next one peace, peace.